Welcome to the VoiceOver Roundtable. I'm Mike Tobin. And I'm Emma O'Neill. Every week, we get together to talk about all things VoiceOver with a special focus on community. Bringing you in-depth interviews, roundtable discussions, special performance events, and industry-leading guests. Let's get started. This is the VoiceOver Roundtable. What does the t-shirt say? Move to Toronto, we don't get ice storms? Oh, so mean. So mean. Just I love you, though. passed us right by. Passed us <laughs> right by. It was a little bit of moisture, and then the rest of us got a walloped. Anyways. Yeah, that was pretty my, brutal. Yeah, my lovely host, Emma O'Neill, who didn't go three days without power, but... Who's, who's counting? I did. I did not. But but I did check in on a regular basis to make sure you're still alive. So, yes, I yes. made it through. And, and uh, shout out to all the peeps who lost power: uh, Ontario, um, Eastern Ontario, Western Quebec, Montreal, and region. Uh, at one point, there were over a million people without power. Yeah, it was uh, not in, in our region. It was just awful. But. We're on the flip side of that, and hopefully we'll learn something from it and move on on. (laughs) Now, this is the voiceover roundtable, so we can just (laughs) move on and talk about other stuff. (laughs) Instead, we're going to talk about our guest tonight, who has had a long career in motion picture advertising as an award-winning creative director, producer of hundreds of movie trailers and TV spots for movies over the years, including, and get, like, this list is insane, Uh, Ocean's Eleven, Inception, (laughs) The Hangover, The Dark Knight Rises, Mad Max, Fury Road, Wonder Woman, Ocean's 8, Dunkirk, and so many more. I kind of lose my breath each one of those, like. I know, right? Um, Over his awesome career, he's directed literally thousands of trailer voiceover sessions. Uh, He teaches trailer and promo workshops and works with many VO professionals doing individual coaching and consulting as well as trailer demo production. Please welcome to the voiceover roundtable, Richard Redfield. (laughs) Richard. Unmute Richard. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I, I think I, there, there, he is. Okay. there he is. There he is. I was waiting for that mic uh, <laughs> picture to disappear. Hello, welcome everybody. Welcome to the show, Richard. It's Thank nice you. to e meet you. Exactly. Lovely to have you on board. Yep. And I see a couple of people I've worked with before, at least in a workshop down there. So hello Very to all cool. of you. Um, and the weather here is very nice. I have to say, in Los Angeles. I heard no it's overcast today. Yes. Yeah. No, no ice storms, which is good. And no pouring rain. You're not also exactly. being <laughs> drowned. Totally. Right? I have a, I have a exactly. sister-in- sister-in-law went, I, I, it was in LA. I, don't, I can't remember if it was San Diego or so. She went somewhere in California for some, she's a professor and she was doing some work down there. And she was telling us how there was a, a subway restaurant there that basically if, if it rained, you got a free sub. Cute. <laughs> and apparently it, no one got free subs it just didn't happen yeah. but anyways um richard thanks so much for for taking some time to be sure. with us and with our audience tonight um one of the questions we we really love to lead off with uh very often is kind of the the whole origin story we love to hear about how you got into the business like hmm. you're always a movie buff um maybe a bit of the journey that Got you to where you are today. Okay. Well, I don't want to take up too much time with that because people want to do their thing, but I will oh, try to good. do a condensed version of it that's faintly interesting. Richard, you do you. We, we got this. You do it's you. All good. You do you. All right. So, okay, let's see. I was interested in making movies. I was living in Vancouver, Canada 
uh, at the time, uh, where I graduated from Simon Fraser University. Nice. Uh, although I grew up in New York, I will say I'm not a Canadian by birth. Uh, so I, anyway, uh, after five years in Vancouver, uh, doing various things, I kind of wanted to really get into the movie business. I came down to California. I just sort of randomly fell into different things, worked on all kinds of miscellaneous productions that I won't go into, uh, in various <laughs> capacities, usually kind of on the, well, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, I'm stopping myself from going off in tangents. You can uh, Richard, then, don't, seriously, so one, you're fine. So one of the people that I met um, uh, was, you know, somebody's relative's son's friend or something, you know, that I hooked up with. And uh, he uh, uh, gave me a list of uh, names of people in various parts of the movie business, you know, an editor, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, a director of photography, those sorts of different, because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. at that point. Anyway, um, I spent five years doing various things. And then at one point, the same guy, oh, actually, I read stories, short stories for him at the public library, because he wanted to make a Very movie. Cool. Uh, he wanted to make a movie and get an Oscar for short best short film. And then he wanted to parlay that into a directing career. So uh, I read stories, but uh, eventually made this movie. Um, and it did win and it got an Oscar nomination. So that was something, wow. uh, but that was him, not me. Uh, now I, I was there a little bit, but I was working on other things at the time. Anyway, to make a long story slightly shorter, uh, I, um, he offered me a job working in trailers. I was already doing some shoots, like producing shoots, you know, things that were being shot for this new trailer company that he was working at. Uh, because back then we used to do a lot of shooting and we'd have, even with the stars and we'd have little teaser trailers that had, you know, these stars in them or various things in them that weren't part of the movie that we'd create. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, but when he asked me to work on staff, I kind of really didn't want to because that wasn't my interest post-production. Uh, so I turned it down. And then after a summer of not much freelance work, he asked me again. And I said, okay, I figured I would do it for a short while, um, make some steady money. And uh, 40 years later, I was still doing it. So uh, it was kind of very seductive, you know, working on these big movies, working with, you know, go to Steven Spielberg's office to show him a graphic for the animated graphic for E.T. for the trailer. That's awesome. And, oh. you know, went up to Lucasfilm to mix the Return of the Jedi trailer. And he'd come in the room and make comments on, make the music louder. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, and we were on movie sets all the time and doing all these shoots with these stars. So it was kind of fun and... It was getting more lucrative. The next thing I knew, that was my entire career, even though I hadn't set out to do that. So let that be a warning to those of you who have a really fixed ideal of what you want to do. <laughs> Stick with that ideal or you'll end up making trailers the rest of your life. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, um, wow. In, in, when I first started, we were the graphic-oriented company, graphic design-oriented, uh, that this guy had... Uh, started with another with a gra famous graphic designer and a famous but a well-known graphic designer who was responsible for a lot of movie posters already and main title sequences for movies but not trailers so the two of them together started this company called intralink which is the one i was i started at and uh we were known for sort of non-voiceover trailers even though everything else had voiceover on it so it's kind of ironic that i ended up being the trailer totally. voiceover guy 
<laughs> very. <laughs> uh, we did have voiceover. We did the we did the Blade Runner teaser trailer. Oh, uh, we did have Harrison Ford's voice narrating it, but we wrote the script and had somebody a sound alike read it. It wasn't Harrison Ford. Um, but generally, we avoided voiceover whenever we could. We still did a lot of it. I have Why? people say, you know, because you know the client would want it, especially the TV campaigns, uh, just like it is now. Nowadays, the trailers don't have voiceover on them. I just heard one yesterday, so that's that was an exception. But uh, but the TV campaigns for the movies and all the digital spots and everything else uh, are where the voiceover is. Is where the voiceover is. Uh, so how do I get back to my original? train of thought here let's see um so i over those years you know decades i've directed you know uh like you said literally thousands of voiceover <laughs> sessions yeah. uh some with uh movie stars you know the stars of the movies which you know kind of interesting i did one with anthony hopkins once and i felt kind of like how am i going to direct anthony hopkins <laughs> you know oscar-winning thespian <laughs> and uh so I just kind of let him go and do his thing. And it wasn't really what I wanted. He wasn't really getting it because he's not used to doing narration for a trailer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was his, in his character. It was a, a movie, Alexander, Oliver Stone movie. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, at one point he, he did a take or two and then he said, uh, would you like it a little more cinematic? And I took that as my opportunity to uh, sort of butt in and give him some direction. And I went on and I said, well, in the movie, your character is blah, 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 and da, 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 but this is a little more, da, 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 da. and I went on and on. And at the end of my little speech, he said, that doesn't make any sense. Do you want it louder or softer? <laughs> so I said, well, if those are my two choices, I'll take louder, because that's really what I wanted. To the truth. <laughs> he was just being a little too quiet like this. A little too, you know. So, But yeah, I've had a lot of uh, interesting uh, run-ins with, not run-ins, but you know, interactions with Various people from, you know, the stars to Don LaFontaine to this person to that person. Uh, and over the years, I sort of, um, you know, always sort of cared a lot about voiceover where I frankly don't think a lot of people in this part of the business do. You know, the, the trailer producers and editors and those whatnot. They're not really, it's, it's not foremost in their minds. You know, they don't really, it's not like they don't care at all about it but it's you know it's sort of towards the bottom of the list of things to worry about right. sadly and I, I i'm not going to go into that more now but um you know when i do workshops and whatnot i i kind of go into the the whole behind the scenes scenario of how it seems to be being done the, uh, the auditions and uh uh and how to best deal with that some of you have heard this um you know how to how, how to do these auditions to best compete in this situation um so 10 or 12 14 i don't know some number of years ago one of the uh managers voiceover managers uh management company owners uh, jason marks was out had, he was out from new york and we had lunch and he said why don't we why don't you teach a class you know we'll set it up and you can teach it and i thought well i'm not really a teacher but he talked me into it uh and I found I really enjoyed it. You know, there were 10 or 12 people and they seemed to get a lot out of it. And uh, I got hooked and I did a couple more and another one. And then I started doing individual coaching. And uh, next thing I knew, it was like a real big sideline for me uh, that I mostly did on weekends uh, because I was still producing trailers. And I, for the last couple of years, I haven't been producing trailers, although uh, we, it's to be determined whether I will 
pulled back into doing that. I'm going to go talk to somebody Ooh. tomorrow, actually. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, you heard it here first, people, yeah, on right. the voiceover roundtable. Exactly. So, uh, but I am doing, you know, the coaching and, and the voiceover stuff pretty much seven days a week at this point. You know, not packing my days with it, but it's something that I really like doing and I feel like I'm helping people. So I, yeah. I do it as much as, without really advertising or pushing it, I, I do it as much as I can. And speaking of advertising, um, this will be my only advertisement. If you do want to get in touch with me, just have a question or you want to ask about coaching or anything else or get on a list for um, uh, workshop, uh, you know, notifications, uh, it's pretty easy. It's just richardredfield at gmail.com. Uh, and that's, that's uh, the answer to my question, to your question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so you answered one of my other questions, which was, are you from L.A. or did you move there for movie? How did you end up in Vancouver? Like, how did you end up at Simon Fraser? Uh, let's see. Uh, I was at school in Boston, and uh, I got a, I, I think after my first year, uh, when I was 18... I went to Europe and uh, sort of spur of the moment thing in the summer after my first year of college. And I just went around randomly without any plan. I was hitchhiking through, you know, cities and countries and whatnot. Had an interesting time. And one of the, I, I met a guy at the, at the end, I met like these four other people. We were on our way to the Isle of Wight Music Festival to see Jimi Hendrix and a few other people. Uh, this is just before he died. Um, and uh, one of the guys I met was from Vancouver, and he, he said, I'm from Vancouver. It's really beautiful. I love it. And that was odd because most people weren't raving about where they're from. They're usually complaining about it when you're a teenager. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, <laughs> True. So it stuck in my mind. But then uh, I got a letter from uh, a friend who I'd gone to high school with in New York. Uh, it was saying, I'm, I'm living in Vancouver, and I'm going to this place called Simon Fraser University. And he drew me a picture of like snow-capped mountain outside the window of his classroom. And, I just thought, this is great. I'm going to do this. Uh, it was also still during the Vietnam War, keep in mind. So this is how long ago this was. Uh, so in the back of my mind, I thought it might not be a bad thing to, to avoid right. getting sent away and, and shot. So uh, there I was in Vancouver, and I lived there for five years, and I finally came down to L.A. after that. But I, I did really like it there. Very cool. It's always fun to because it's you know like i've worked with you a couple of times in workshops but it's that's a, on a professional basis you don't really get to know the ins and outs of where a person kind of got their start right so i always love these these origin stories yep and what i heard a lot in there richard is is a lot of stuff happening organically mm -hmm. yep. a lot of stuff happening very organically and and that's you know to our listeners that's you know, sometimes it's great to set a goal and go after your goal, but it's also great to realize that, you know, sometimes there's going to be a fork in the road and maybe you go one way, maybe you go the other. And, yep. you know, you kind of trust that the right stuff's going to get put in front of you and uh, you'll, end up, you'll end up in the right place. I think yeah. you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seems like it. But yes, that's true. You're right about that now that you've mentioned you, it. I, think I have you to did. ponder that later. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask um, specifically about reads actually um because i'd love for our listeners to get a better understanding of some of this stuff because sometimes the genres can be maybe out of reach or or a little bit the lines get a little bit blurred so how there's a couple of questions let's start with how does a promo read differ from a trailer read okay now th this will be a gross overgeneralization 
Fantastic. Uh, because there's all kinds of reads in both. But uh, if I had to, if you put a gun to my head and said, you must answer this question, I would say promo uh, uh, tends to be a little more retail and selling and a little more enthusiastic. Uh, and trailer in general tends to be a little more flatter, toned down, not, not um, conversational like commercial, very far from it. It's mm -hmm. sort of very theatrical and put on, but it's in a kind of a way like this. You know, it's like you wouldn't, hello, how are you today? You wouldn't talk like that, but that's <laughs> how it, you know, that's what we know some people sound who like talk generally. like that. <laughs> now, sometimes promos sound like that. They often want promos. We started a promo division at the company I was last at. Uh, I had an idea one day, why don't we start a promo division and we'll find somebody. I found a guy and started it and the whole thing took off. But when we were uh, going around to uh, potential clients with him, our selling point, you know, to CBS or NBC or whatever, uh, we are, are, one of our selling points was that we are a trailer company and the same editors that have worked on, you know, The Dark Knight Rises or whatever will work on your promos. You know, we're going to take this really seriously and, and it's not going to be an afterthought and it's, you know, going to get this cool, you know, treatment. People seem to like that. The clients seem to like the idea of, sometimes they'll say, you know, this, we want this to sound a little more trailery or want this, not sound, but the, we want this piece you're doing to be more trailer-like. They're just sort of big and cinematic and, you know, that sort of thing. So, uh, but, but the range in promo is huge. You know, it's very yeah. vast in terms of, you know, some things are like this and really overexcited and annoying and other things are kind of like this more towards that trailer side. Whereas pro, uh, whereas trailers, yes, if it's a kid's movie and it's a spot that's going to be a Nickelodeon, it could get a little bit hyper, but generally the range is much narrower. I'm using my hands and you can't see it because I tend to use I my nod stuff. all the time on this. You're yeah. with you. I'm totally yeah. with you. Emma is uh, nodding. Yes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> um, I'm also in my bathroom. No, just kidding. Uh, uh, so uh, the range is narrower. There are, you know, a horror film is like this and a thriller is like this, but they're kind of similar, even though the one's darker and scarier than the other one. Mm -hmm. And a drama can be like this. Uh, now, a comedy can be a little more perky or not. Often, like, you know, Warner Brothers, I've worked a lot for them over the years and with one client a lot and the president of marketing over him. And they liked everything really flat, you know, particularly flat. So they were allergic to any kind of inflection like this for a comedy. You know, everything had, everything had to be kind of like this. So, you know, another studio might feel different, different clients. Um, and uh, but what other genres? You know, so there's it, a narrower range. Let me just put it that way. That's to, answer, to make a long story short there. Okay. okay. And then part B, what's the difference between movie advertising and TV movie promo? Movie advertising and say that again. Movie. Well, like what's the difference between like a movie trailer? Because you've talked about this before, um, that there, it's like movie trailer, which is like the the advertising for the movie, but then there's the stuff that's on television. So there's, oh. there's the stuff that's voiced and the stuff that's not voiced. Right, right. Okay, I'm got just it. using Sorry. the wrong words. Yeah, I got it. Okay, yeah. so yes, the, uh, the trailer is the, to me, a trailer is only the, the long form piece, you know, the two or two and a half minute long piece that you will see in the theater or that you'll see online. Um, and the TV campaign, uh, which is where the voiceover tends to be, uh, is 
you know, everything that's on television, um, you know, 30 second piece, right. 15 second, whatever. Sometimes there's 60. Uh, and also there's so many different um, venues or platforms or whatever to advertise a movie or anything else these days. So, you know, there's spots for Instagram and things for Twitter and this and that, you know, there's all kinds of different stuff and they all have different aspect ratios and you have to know the technical details of all that. And some of the stuff that's on social media is a lot more quirky and in your face and different. And the stuff that's, you know, on the spot for the comedy that they're going to play on Saturday Night Live, uh, you know, it's going to be a little more standard and straightforward. Uh, but they're all going to, not all, some of them are going to have voiceover. The, the, some of the social media stuff doesn't have voiceover, but mm -hmm. some of it does. And the, the broadcast spots are the ones you'll see on, you know, on TV when you're watching a program uh, will uh, always at least have, I shouldn't say always, but they're supposed to always have a verbal rating. That's the only thing that's really required. So, you know, you could have a whole 30 second spot and at the end, all you hear is rated R. And that's, that's, you know, you'll, sometimes you'll see, like on the manager's websites, you'll see, you know, here's so-and-so on Star Wars, and you'll hear this 30-second spot, blah, 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 rated R. You know, that's it, or rated PG-13. Uh, but usually they have, if nothing else, they'll have the, you know, Star Wars, rated PG-13, starts Friday. So they'll have a, uh, a title and a rating and a tag, a date tag. But, you know, many spots have have uh, uh, voiceover all the way through them or, you know, partway through them. Uh, and that's where we're really talking about. Although just just uh, doing the title and tag is, all, is still a big deal. If you're, you know, if you score that job and they finish with your voice on it, you're still going to have bragging rights to that, Oof, whatever yeah. movie it is. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there you go. Perfect. Mm. Thank you. Um, Mike... Do yeah. you want to, or will we ask, Sarah Tyndall has a question in the chat. Mm. Go right ahead. Um, any thoughts on how to get started in promo if you don't have access through an agent? Which is a great uh, it's really tough. I mean, uh, yeah. you, you want to have an agent. Uh, how do you get into, you know, that's another story. It's not really my area of expertise, so I try not to go on much about it. Yeah. Um, uh, but but it's, it's definitely, it's one of those genres that, is typically only accessed through agents, a, agents and managers of agents yeah. and managers. Right. So it's just, it's one of those step ups. I mean, yes, there are ways to contact directly. Like I could, you, I could say, Hey, give me 10 bucks and I'll give you the names of three you know, <laughs> promo producers and you can email them. So, so if, if you had the names and email addresses of, uh, and Richard's people. Venmo just lit up yeah, right. ten dollar exactly. donation. Steve's like sold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make that twenty bucks. Forget. Thanks for cheap. Uh, oh. But you know, if you, my point being, if you had the uh, you know, the contact information for promo producers or the executives at the networks, you know, who uh, are in charge of that, mm -hmm. um, you could send emails. And people do, you know, send emails to, the, to those people and to the trailer to their trailer counterparts. Uh, but. And every once in a while, it, like there's a guy I know who has amassed, this is the list you want, but I don't think he would sell it for $5,000, but mm, he's yeah. amassed a list, amassed. He's created a list uh, of probably almost all people that could hire you for both trailer and promo. And he's just done it on his own through industriousness. Uh, and he's spent years doing it and he updates it all the time and he, you know, he puts hours into it every week. 
And I haven't seen over the years, because I've done a lot of coaching with him, I haven't seen a lot of progress with it, you know, a lot of success that he's had by doing it that way, you know, without an agent or manager. Yeah. But um, lately he's come up with a couple of situations where a trailer producer has um, given him a script to read. You know, it worked. He sent an email and they said, oh, here, read this. And he sent it in and they, you know, I don't know what happened from there. I'm not saying that he booked three major campaigns, but he was at least getting people to give him opportunities just yeah. through his own self-marketing. I'm not recommending that as the way to go. I really do think having an agent and, an, and or a manager is um, highly superior and true, the way the proven, to do it. Yeah, yeah the but proven way. You could, you could theoretically do that on your own is what I'm saying. Hmm. Yeah, my experience, it's generally just, it's, the, it's like the top five, the like the national agents and then the management companies that have access to promo and trailer. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, yes, it seems to be that it's way. It's not regional. They don't get yeah. regional and local agents would not be in that um, bag of tricks. Right. <laughs> that sandbox. In that sandbox, yes. Um, we're uh, we're going to have some fun tonight. Obviously, we, we've got some people that are waiting to read. Before we do, Richard, you kind of gave us a little peek behind the scenes, but I, it's always fun to hear the sort of, you know, the other side of the glass stories and some peek into the control room. And of all the sessions you've directed, for trailers or you know, promos, but mainly trailers, is is there one? I mean, you talked you talked about Anthony Hopkins. It's epic, but anything anything that stands out, any story you can tell, like, or, like a Shatner, like <laughs> like yeah, or no, those, no those ones Shatner. that they spoof in a YouTube no, video. No Shatners, and make fun come of, but, on. <laughs> you know, I, I did. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I did. I did a session with. Uh, ben Affleck once, and all he had to do was make a groaning noise. And he actually oh, showed up himself to do this. It was on the Disney Studio lot or some one of those lots. I forget which one. I think that's because he was there. And all I needed him to do was groan because uh, the MPAA, which is Motion Picture Association, which is the one who makes you have a verbal uh, rating at the end of the spot that I mentioned earlier, and that does actually creates the ratings, that rates movies. Right. Uh, they had a problem with this trailer we were working on. Let me see if I can remember it. Surviving Christmas. It was like a, <laughs> a sort of forgettable Christmas comedy. With ben Affleck and who, who, who else was in it? I don't know. I'm not sure. If somebody can we'll look at those, puts it in chat. You know. uh, anyway, he gets hit by something like a, a some, something falls and hits him on the head and he gets knocked out. And the, the MPA rejected it because it looked like he got killed. Like, and you're not allowed to get killed on camera. At least you weren't back then, like 10 years ago or whatever this was, 15 years ago. Yeah, 2004 uh, uh, with James Gandolfini, Christina Applegate, and Catherine O'Hara. Okay, yeah. It was yeah. Uh, directed by Mike Mitchell. Okay, there you go. What, what year was it? 2008? <laughs> 2004. Four. 2004. Okay, so wow. Yeah. yeah. So that was a long time ago. It was like 18 years ago. Genius. Time flies. So uh, he's grown. What's, what's the grown? So, so, so they had made us put a groan in there, uh, so that, uh, you could, he, so he wasn't dead. He was just like, Oh, that hurt. Okay. That thing, you know? Then nice. they would prove it. Then they'd approve the trailer. Oh. Uh, so when I think back on it, it's crazy because I could have done the groan. Anybody could have done it. You know, why did we have to actually get Ben Affleck and go drive over to a Disney lot and have a recording session set up so we could go, Oh, like three uh, that's times. Work, or that's work ethic for you. But he was he was happy to do it. That's so uh, that wasn't a really exciting story, but it was kind of funny. Uh, I have one um, 
one that involves somebody who's very well known if you're familiar with the voiceover the trailer voiceover world um um Mm, not sure that's a great story. <laughs> did, did you just go through the thought process of, oh, can I tell this story? Or no, it wasn't that. It wasn't okay. that. It was just that I'm not sure. Well, okay. So anyway, uh, uh, it's just not that interesting. So Hal, Hal Douglas, who was one of the, you know, um, major voiceover trailer stars of the, you know, last, you know, decades or whatever, um, you can look him up. If you don't know him, look him up. The one thing you can see him actually on camera performing in a trailer called uh, The Comedian. It's a Jerry Seinfeld movie that came out. Again, I'm probably guessing wrong, but I'm going to say 15 years ago. Uh, and uh, and he, he did a lot of... I, we actually, the company I was at at the time had, a, had him on a retainer. We were the only ones who were allowed to use him for movie advertising. Uh, so I worked with him a lot. Sorry, just taking a sip of water. Um, so uh, he was in New York, and I was directing him from L.A., and uh, he was on the line at a studio. And I had a, just some, some romantic comedy. I don't remember the name of it. It was a review spot, your critics' reviews. And it was kind of a run-of-the-mill, easy-to-do kind of uh, assignment. But unfortunately, the client was at MGM, uh, which was a big studio back then still, and uh, he was new. It was, a, it was actually an editor that I used to work with and I was kind of friendly with. And then he became a client at MGM for some odd reason. Um, uh, oh, he became a producer and then he became a client, I guess. So um, he wanted, he said, I want Hal to really sound excited. Like he's really, you know, really, it's really enthusiastic. And it was like, okay, sure. You know, so he read the thing. And uh, I said, you know, Hal, the client's new, and he kind of wants this really enthusiastic read, you know, high energy. So, so he did it. You know, we both did it sort of begrudgingly. Cut it in, sent it. And the client said, no, no, Hal needs to be even more, even more, like, really? <laughs> like, he's taking off on a rocket to the moon. It was like, okay, this is going to be difficult because this is, like, so goes against everything I think, you know, about voiceover. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but you have to make the client happy, especially this is a guy who just started at the new thing. You know, you want to, you want a relationship to last. You don't want to piss him off. So uh, I had Hal come back to the studio. You know, he, he was in New York. He had, a, like, I, I don't remember it was the next day or something like that. Uh, and uh, I said, I'm sorry. He, you know, the client wants his blah, blah, blah. You know, so, so he did one. And I said, you know, it was pretty slightly over the top. I said, I think we need to go even further. He's talking like you're on a rocket to the moon and all this bullshit. So he started doing it. It was like, you know, critics call blah, 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 the da-da-da-da, you know, whatever, really enthusiastic. It was like totally out of character for him or for anything I would like. And he, and right in the middle of the line, he said, you know, I've got to go. My wife's waiting for me in front of Macy's. I got to go. Bye. And he just he hung oh, up and no. left. Wow. And the next day he called and apologized to me. He said, sorry, I left in the middle of the session. And I said, no, I, I totally understand. But I also was kind of annoyed and didn't use them again for like six months or something. Oh, wow. But that's my anecdote. That's it. Oh, Love my. It. <laughs> well. All right, so let's have at it, take, Emma. Take note, people. Do not leave for Macy's in the middle of a session, please. Really. Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you. Um, but just going back to, because Sarah kind of cracked the, the and I'm going to use the word crack in a couple of different ways here. Um, but what advice can you give someone wanting to crack the promo trailer code? Like, because everything that we do now is self-directed. Like, I've been doing a bunch of stuff for Netflix, and it's wonderful, it's great, and I'm really glad to do it, but it's all self-directed. Yeah. So, so help. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what instead that's what of me here. sending like nine minutes of like it's a 30 second spot. I'm like, here are 17 takes, all of them with ABCs, because I don't know what you want. Right. Go. Well, um, I'll give you my quick version of this, because usually when I like when I do a workshop, the first hour, I just sort of pontificate. And then we have two hours left to do three hours, <laughs> two hours left to do, you know, reads with everybody. So um, I didn't want to start on that because it'll take too long. Um, so but very a very quick version of it uh is um you get yes you're right you get an audition and it's not directed this is stupid i never did it this way i just i never would say hey can you send me a bunch of people reading the script and the direction is a comedy but not too over the top okay thanks i need it back by the end of the day yeah and then 10 people will be you know, frantically reading this, trying to figure out, decipher, what does that mean? Not too over the top. Am I doing it too over the top? Might should I do it quieter? I don't know. You know, I, there's nobody to ask. Um, so if, uh, picture yourself, you're one of 10 people that's being cut in. And by the way, most of the time, they're not just listening to it and then picking somebody and then telling the agent, we like so-and-so, now can we set up a session to direct them? Mm. They take that recording that you sent in, if they pick you, they take that recording and they uh, cut it right into the editor, cuts it right into the spot, and they send that to the client. And sometimes it goes on air. I told this anecdote a few times about this one guy uh, I've had in a, a workshop, I think maybe three times. Mm -hmm. And he said um, that a friend of his called and said, Hey, isn't that your voice on the such and such campaign? I saw wow. a spot on the air. And he said, Well, I read for it a couple months ago, I don't know, never heard back. Uh, and he checked online. Sure enough, it was him. And they just sort of forgotten to tell him. I mean, oh, no. you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't it was an oversight. It wasn't like, you know, it was just somebody dropped the ball. Okay. Uh, they weren't trying to cheat him or anything. There was no ill will involved. No. Or like, hey, let's get a free read out of this. That doesn't really happen in, in <laughs> no. this part of but, the business. But Richard, uh, to what you were saying, do they will they cut in? those like 10 people to get options no like, no they'll they'll listen oh. to the here, here's what i picture i know it's going to be different everywhere but and i'm not there watching it happen but this is my guess as to what's happening more often than not uh the editor sitting in his room working on a trailer for surviving christmas 2 with ben affleck and uh, <laughs> uh he gets a call from the producer or somebody saying hey the voiceover's in for the such and such spot you cut yesterday uh can you stop down and listen to these you know, eight or 10 voices and pick one and cut it in. Okay. So that's what happens. An editor is listening through these all and it's kind of in a hurry and it's not going to like think about it for the whole day. It's just kind of, you know, a snap decision. Okay, this one sounds good. Oh, so does this one. Well, this one is a little bit better because of, uh, oh, this one, the line was too long. It doesn't fit. I'll go with the other one. I mean, this is worst case scenario, but it's probably what's happening more often than not. So um, editor is deciding the fate of the voiceover. Yeah. Now, maybe it's the producer listening first and then telling the editor who to use. I don't know. Again, I'm not there to, to mm. watch everywhere. So yeah. uh, maybe it's a voiceover coordinator who does this or something at the trailer company or the promo company. Um, trailer is like this for sure. Promo is sort of half and half. It's, sometimes it gets more attention. Or more often uh, in, in promo, fairly often the actual clients, you know, meaning the 
studio, not the studio, the network executives or the Netflix executive or the Disney Plus or whatever it is, uh, or the tennis channel, whatever, you know, whoever the client is, those executives are more involved in the voiceover. They picking who should be in it, uh, who should be recorded, uh, actually directing them and then sending that to the company that's cutting their promos. Uh, that happens a lot, but it also works the other way too, which is, you know, the way I'm describing where the, the promo company uh you know the, the, the editing people are uh getting these um 10 reads from whoever an agent or a manager and they are listening through them and somebody's picking now i'm, I'm saying the editor is probably doing it most of the time i never did this so i never actually watched an editor do this because i always directed everything i never like asked for 10 people and then picked one all right. undirected and then cut that in and use that and that's going to go to finish and that's going to be on you know on the air seems crazy to me but that's the way it's done so uh how do you how do you best compete is the question i didn't want to spend too much time on this even though it sounds like useful information because you know i want to make sure we get to the reading but um uh i'll do a real quick version of it record four takes uh put the one you think is most likely to succeed first. Don't put them in any you know, order, like from flat to more animated or something, to, you know, unless that's the, just, just put the best one first. Imagine they're only gonna listen to one take. So that's why you should put that first because that very well may be. It's got, he or she has to listen to 10 people. Yeah. Uh, they may just say, ah, oh, nah, nah, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, I'll put this one over here and this, you know, who knows what they're doing, but put your best one first, okay. And then you're going to slate them if you want to listen to the way I suggest doing it and knowing how editors work and whatnot. Um, I would slate them, audio slate, uh, you know, Richard Redfield, four takes. Take one and then do your first take all the way through. Uh, throw in a few extra titles at the end. Not a lot, but maybe like five or so extra titles and maybe one extra rating. Uh, at the end of, as you're still rolling on take one, give them some extra choices for the title. Uh, then you're going to do take two and you're going to slate it with sort of your intention just to help them hear it the way you intended to be heard and also helps make the whole thing more organized instead of here's four takes i have no idea what the difference is between them just listen <laughs> uh so you're going to go take two flatter or take two more comedic or whatever it is uh then you're going to do the same with take three take three uh cooler with a little attitude or, or you know whatever is appropriate and then take four abc each line uh so that will be what take four is so you'll go you know uh, let me just grab a script here uh this one is just randomly grabbing dunkirk the number one movie in the world has america's top critics raving the, the number one movie in the world has america's top critics raving and then maybe i'll do a little faster one because this is a long line just to be safe the number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving. So those are my three takes uh, in, on take four. So that would be take four. And then I go on to the next line. Rolling Stone calls Dunkirk, blah, 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 blah. Rolling Stone calls Dunkirk, blah, 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 three times in a row. So do, go through the whole thing all the way down to the tag. Read each line three times. Now this editor who's cutting in one of these takes, if, if you're lucky, if you're really lucky, uh, has six choices for each line as opposed to just a couple. If you right. just send in two takes, they only have two choices. Now that may be enough. You know, it's not, they're not listening to it just to decide whether to pick you or not. They're listening to it to actually cut it in. So if it right. was a directed session, like if I was doing it, if I was producing it, I would direct this session 
and I'd have somebody in mind, I would direct them. And there would be like 10 takes or 15 takes, who knows how many to choose from for the editor. So why not give them at least six choices? That's my thought behind it. And listen, if they don't want to listen, if they hear take four, ABC each line, if they hear that, they don't have to listen. They go, no, nah, I don't need to hear that. So fine, you know, no, no, no great loss. So hopefully that makes sense. That's the it quick totally version. Does. Yeah. No, it totally does. Thank you. So. How's your inbox, Emma? <laughs> well, tonight is one of those nights. Um, so I think we're going to move on to reads. Yeah. Yeah. Let's um, do it. Basically, whenever we open things up for talent to read, the response is always amazing. And tonight was, or today, this morning, last night, <laughs> yesterday, um, was was one of those. Uh, my email inbox has become what we're calling a drive-through party. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, and then I just randomly select. So it's generally, it's not um, first come, first serve. It's a random selection of people uh -huh. so that there's a wide variety of folks to be working with from working pros to people who are relatively new. I just find it's a lot more um, balanced that way. So, and we thank so, everyone if you uh, oh, absolutely. an email. Thank everyone for, for trying. And we will do our best to get you on. If you didn't get this round, it's all good. Um, here's how, how we'll work with Richard so we can maximize everyone's time, including his. Um, once we call you up, we'll ask you to unmute. Just give us your name and tell us what script you're going to be reading. Uh, Richard's going to listen, give you some direction, go back, do it again based on that direction. After that, give you some parting feedback to take with you. Ready? <laughs> we are ready. Jessica. Jessica, you are first up. If you could raise your hand for me, love. That would be awesome. And then next on deck is Mike. So, Mike, if you want to come up on stage as well and just stay muted, that would be awesome. Is that Mike C? It is. Mike C. There's Mike C. Invite on stage. Jessica's Sweet, yo. There. And just before we start, just so that if anyone's coming in um, that is not used to the way that we run these read nights, the scripts are sent out in advance. People yes. email in in advance so that it's uh, it's just a little bit more organized and you've got a little bit more time to actually look at the scripts. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Jessica, are you ready? Do, do, do. This is always the fun part, is the unmuting part. Yeah. If we have to pull a Steve Snyder, Steve oh. Snyder is also going to be on stage in just a moment. If you cannot unmute your mic, leave the stage, come back in. It's just a glitch in, in Clubhouse. It's not you. Snyder magic. I know. It's the Snyder um. method. It's the <clears throat> Snyder <throat> method. Mm -hmm. All right, Jessica. Yes, I'm is. here. Yay! I'm here. Thank you. Hello. 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 How are you? Well, how are you? Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. What are you reading, Jessica? I'm Jessica Mars, and I would like to read November Criminals. November Criminals, okay. There we go. Okay, this is a pretty classic thriller, uh, dark kind of thriller. Um, now, when you're... Uh, something I didn't say earlier, because, as I said, I didn't have time to do the whole thing, but this is another piece of information. One, one thing I always suggest doing uh, is looking at the script... First, I, I, I suggest seeing if there's a trailer out already, and if there is online, you know, watch that, obviously. You would do that without me telling you, but so you have some sense of the tone of the movie, whatever it's, you know, it is. This is going to be kind of dark. I don't remember the movie at this point, but or even who's in it, but uh, um, it's an older one. But uh, um, 
uh, if you look at that, so I try to figure out who is this for. In this case, it's sort of a, you know, it's an adult. It's not like a teen kind of thing, a thriller. You know, it's kind of like a sophisticated thriller. So you'll have figured that out both from the script and also from the trailer. If no trailer, you'll read a synopsis somewhere online. There's information out there about every movie that's coming out by the time you're looking at a script like this. Uh, so, um, and I won't go on like this for each person, don't worry, but because uh, we'll run out of time. But um, one thing I wanted to call attention to is little subtleties of, uh, there are little subtleties in the script, and sometimes there's words you want to like, you know, there's plays on words, and you want to make sure you're not missing or something like that. In this case, there's not that, but actually there is. Lies the truth is sort of is a play on words. Because, yeah. you know, truth lies. So there you go. Uh, um, but if you notice all these between this and that, this and that, this and that, uh, they're all sort of negative things except for friendship. So that doesn't change how you read it necessarily, but maybe just a little bit, um, you know, between this and that, between this, you know, friendship and betrayal. There's like more of a contrast. It's very subtle and it shouldn't be too obvious, but that's a, I just point that out because it's the kind of thing that might give you a little edge over the other nine people if you really spend a few minutes thinking about the script and, you know, whatever. Okay, so um, how are we doing this? I want to make sure I don't run out of time, so I want to do this quickly, I'm guessing, right, you guys? No, just, it's all good. We've, we've accommodated, I've moved things around a little bit. Okay. So, yeah, you're good. All right. So, but we're only going to do what? How, what is the, the format? One read, one read, comment, redirect, and, one and more then another read. read. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, I guess do your thing, and then I'll comment on it. Thank you. Between crime and conspiracy, between friendship and betrayal, between obsession and madness, lies the truth. November criminals rated R, December eighth. Good. I like that. I, I, I probably wouldn't pick that take if I had some choices, but I, I did like it. <laughs> but, but I can make—I want to make it better. Uh, okay. uh, this is hard to do in one take, but a uh, little bit of direction. But um, um, and and this is just my taste. It doesn't mean that somebody else will like it this way. You know, who's who's deciding? They may like exactly what you did. So it's all very subjective. You have to always keep that in mind. So even okay. if you did something good, and you get rejected, it—it it, you know. That doesn't mean that it was wrong necessarily. Uh, so again, I like that take. I'm not, I'm not demeaning it. I just say, I think what I'd like to do to it is um, stretch it out slightly, make it a little more. Uh, I'm going to give you my line reading just to make it easier than some adjectives. So it's, it, but it's a little uh, like like this: between crime and conspiracy, between friendship and betrayal, between obsession and madness lies the truth kind of like that is little it's a little thing a little bit longer with it mm -hmm. uh, you are and it's just a little sort of flatter and darker maybe closer to the mic you know kind of thing okay okay between crime and conspiracy between friendship and betrayal between obsession and madness lies the may i start again yeah, I'm, since you're going again, let me just tone it down a little bit. It's a little too dramatic. Keep it a little flatter. Between crime and conspiracy, between friendship and betrayal, between obsession and madness, lies the truth. November Criminals, rated R, December 8th. Good. Yeah, I like that a lot better.
I would keep working on it, you know, until I had it. Because I'm kind of obsessive that way, you know. But mm-hmm. I get it exactly how I hear it in my head. But but that yeah, that you felt the difference there between the two, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It didn't yeah. sound like you, but it, it sounded yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, everybody, you don't want to sound like me anyway. But, uh, <laughs> I think one one trick for everybody is, you know, definitely experiment with that that read that's closer to the mic. I'm holding my fist up to my mouth as I'm saying this. That's closer to the mic, and you know, is a little more like this. This is, seems to be a typical trailer thing, as opposed to more as opposed. To, so this is the projection version between crime and conspiracy. Something wrong with it, and maybe it's a little more quote promo-y, you know, tonight on Fox between crime and conspiracy. And this is the trailer version, closer to the mic, a little quieter, between crime and conspiracy. Between I don't know how much you can hear that going through my phone, but yes. between friendship and betrayal. So just a thought for everybody. I wish I had done it that way. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Sure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for your coaching. Thanks, Thanks Jessica. Jessica. Mike, you are up next, and then Snyder, you're on deck. Good evening, everybody. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Well, Hello. thank you. Hi, Richard. Hey, how are you? Are you sitting in your yard again? Out with the birds? No, I'm actually inside because I thought, since it's only audio, the, all the birds chirping in the background would seem particularly <laughs> overly, you know, intrusive. Excellent. What you reading for us tonight, Mike? I'm going to do a Bad Mom's Christmas. Nice. Good. Okay, let me just find that here. Love that. That's the very last one, of course. Okay, so um, here's my direction. Because we don't have time to explore this and let you discover it on your own, I'm going to give you uh, my direction, which is let's start off. What makes Christmas so special, moms? Let's make a, tur- a comic turn for working their asses off. So the opening should sound like a Hallmark movie. Like, like you're faking being like, oh, isn't that sweet? What makes Christmas so special? Moms. And then turn, working their asses off. So, and then stay in that mode for the rest of it. This holiday okay. season, being bad never felt so good, or something like that. Yeah. That would be one way to do it. Another way to do it, we're not going to do it today, but another way to do it, that you could throw in that maybe nobody else would think of, and maybe you'd win the audition because of it, is what if you stayed in that Hallmark uh, mode all the way through? So as you were talking like this, they're doing all the stuff, they're getting drunk and falling off their board, and it makes, makes it, you know, you're sort of like the straight man, and it makes it more counterpoint funny, you know, to play off of your, oh, isn't that sweet? And they're, you know, throwing crap against the wall and whatever right. they're doing, I don't know. Okay, so let's like try that. that. <clears throat> What makes Christmas so special? Moms, working their asses off. This holiday season, being bad never felt so good. A Bad Mom's Christmas, rated PG-13, now playing. All right, so that was pretty good, that, that worked. You know, you did what I asked, um, but I'm not sure that if there were 10 people that you were being picked from that yours would stand out enough. I think you could go a little further with the, with the whole thing. You know, like make the opening even more sweet and nice what makes christmas so special oh isn't that nice you know just a, without sounding silly but just a little more of that and then you know even the, the contrast can be greater you can make the turn even more like working their asses off you know i think you can go for it this is the kind of movie where you can go for that normally i would say don't do this in a trailer you know, don't get uh-huh. that 
playful or whatever, but I think in this case it's worth trying. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, let's go for it. What makes Christmas so special? Moms. Working their asses off. This holiday season, being bad never felt so good. A Bad Mom's Christmas, rated PG-13, now playing. Yeah, great. So that was, I, I like that better. I don't know how everybody else felt, but I thought that. I liked it better, too. Got the idea yep. across. Yeah, good. All right. It just feels so quick. I kind of want to keep going, but we have to move on to the next well, person. We, no, we do have time for another one because it yeah. was quick. Yeah, like the okay. longer reads, yeah, right. we're going to have to keep it contained. Okay. But the, the shorter right. ones, go yeah. for it. Do as it, Mike. Do it. As of the clock, I'm fine. I'm, I'm not watching the clock, so you have to warn me if I'm, you know. I got you. Okay. So uh, let's do the, the other one I suggested, the Hallmarky all the way through version. That's how, we, how do you slate that? You know, take three. I'm not sure you, sure you want to say Hallmarky. You know, I'm not sure how to, I never can come up with a good way to phrase that. But, Vanilla. Uh, saccharine sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet all the way through for counterpoint or something like that, that actually gets the concept across. You know, and the editor will go, oh, that's a great idea. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, let's use this person. You know, so that's why I suggest doing it. And that's a good, uh, if you have something that's a little bit conceptual like that, you know, it's a little uh -huh. bit of a different idea. That's a, take three is a good place to throw that in. That's a great um, contrast, yeah. Yeah. I said, like, oh, here's one more. Here's another idea. You know, and oh, I like that. So, uh, or let's say you, it's like, I'm going to do it a little, it's a horror movie. I'm going to do it a little sing-songy, creepy, creepy, or whatever, you know. So make that your take three. And they may love that. They may hate the idea, but they've already got the other takes. But if they like it, bam, you know, they go, oh, what a cool idea. That sing-songy, scary thing. It's creepy. All right. So forget the sing-songy, creepy thing. We're back to bad monster. <laughs> I would say, unless you want to do something different, you're welcome to, but I would say try the, the sweet all the way through version. Sure. <laughs> what makes Christmas so special? Moms working their asses off. This holiday season, being bad never felt so good. A Bad Mom's Christmas, rated PG-13, now playing. I don't know about that one. It didn't feel like the right attitude to me. It felt like it... I didn't feel like it was like, oh, isn't that nice? It felt almost like it had a little of this, you know, yeah, whatever kind of feeling to it. Okay. So not that it's ever going to come up again in a trailer, you know, unless it's a Hallmark film, then it will come up, <laughs> you know, but, in a, you know, in a, in a comedy or something, it's not going to come up again. But, but yes, there's a whole world of Hallmark and wherever, what other, you know, I forget what other, you know, uh, platforms Lifetime. have that. Lifetime, yeah. Yeah, Lifetime, sometimes they have more murder stuff, but I think they have that too. Yeah, like I think Lifetime had a bunch of Christmas movies that our company was doing the promos for. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, you get the idea. All right, so one more. Just see if you can just really go for it. Oh, isn't that nice? Just It's really touching and heartfelt. Talk to your sweet. grandma. Yeah. No. Oh, oh, Talk to your grandma. What makes Christmas so special? Moms working their asses off. This holiday season... Being bad never felt so good. A Bad Mom's Christmas, rated PG-13, now playing. Good. I like that all, except for maybe never felt so good. I thought it felt never felt so good. I thought it could be more like never felt so good. I guess to stick with that, you know, oh, isn't that nice? Okay. And the working their asses off is really hard to do in that hallmark way because it's just the words don't, you know, it's, it, it, it pulls you out of it. But mm -hmm. working, I'm trying to see if I can do it. You know, moms working their asses off working their asses off. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Again, it'll never come up again in a million years, but there you go. 
Oh man. All right, thank Mike, you. Thanks for thanks playing. Thanks uh, before you introduce the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Emma, and just do the, our, our little <laughs> mid-show uh, jaunt. If you've joined us uh, halfway uh, through or part of the way through this evening's show, this is the voiceover roundtable here on Clubhouse every Tuesday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, talking about all things voiceover with a special focus on the community, bringing you roundtable discussions, special events, and industry-leading guests. And tonight, no exception, our special guest is promo and trailer creative director, voice director, producer, coach and teller of fantastic stories, <laughs> Mr. Richard Redfield with us tonight. And we're going to go right back to the reads. Emma, do the big introduction. Mr. Steve Snyder, hailing from the west coast of Canada, is joining us tonight. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mike and Emma, for having me. Um, Richard, really nice to meet you. I'm Steve Snyder, and I am currently from and in Vancouver. Cool. Yeah. Ta-da! And it's not even raining, right? It, for the first time in a long time, it is not <laughs> raining. You know, I do it. That's the one thing I remember is uh, right about this time of year, because I, I was like, you know, 21 or so. I was going to college. And I lived in a house with a bunch of people, and we'd sit around playing our guitars and everything. But by, by this time of year, everybody was so depressed because it hadn't stopped raining since October. Uh, yeah. And then, then the sun comes out. It's almost like everybody had taken drugs or you know, ecstasy or something, and everybody's so happy and, you know, joyous. And it's like really really uh very different there's a lot of somewhere where it's like the whole year round generally so it's like weird i don't have to, i don't get those moods anymore you know, you know there's a lot of booze flowing at the sfu campus right now richard i assure yeah. you right <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm gonna read for dunkirk okay oh, cool, cool. <clears throat> let me get that in front of me so this is also uh you know what we call a review spot critics reviews and the word raving is in half of them because they're there's there's just doesn't seem to be another verb besides raving for what the critics do. And I mean that. It's like, try to think, you know, enthusing. I mean, there's not a lot of, you know, when you say the top critics are blank. If you don't say raving, what do you say? I don't know. <laughs> top critics agree, sometimes they say. But it's funny how the word raving comes in like half the scripts. And it ha has been since I started. Uh, so, you're... It's a little more retail because it's, you know, bragging about the movie, it, but it's not, it's not the studio. It's not Warner Brothers saying, we have the best movie ever. It's saying, you know, listen to what the critics are saying about this movie. Now, I will say that this was a client I, uh, I mentioned earlier who, in Warner Brothers, it doesn't like the reads to be very much above flat. As a matter of fact, when I worked on Inception, uh, we had Howard Parker on it, or I did, and, uh, uh, we did a very flat read because we knew this client liked everything flat, even though it was like this, you know, the movie event of the year. Uh, and I, you know, picked a flat read. We had it cut in, send it to the client. And he said, he called back and said, Howard sounds a little over the top. And it was like really flat. So, you know, it just goes to show it's in the eye of the beholder. So another studio would, would have hated that and thought it was like really dead. So um, what do we do with Dunkirk? What I would do is, it's the same client, I would keep it kind of flat. This is, a, you know, a, 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 some people that are slightly allergic to too much enthusiastic inflection and whatnot. So what you don't want to do is, the number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving. Now, if you were doing this for Sony, they may want that or think that's not even enough. But for Warner Brothers at the time, this would have been like, the number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving. The movie event of the year sweeping and you know so that kind of a tone it's got it's still it's still like bragging a little bit you know it's still excited about it but in a very toned down way 
Hope that makes pull it, sense. Pull it way back for sure. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> the number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving. Rolling Stone calls Dunkirk the movie event of the year. The New York Times declares it sweeping and intimate, and Time hails it as a supreme achievement. Dunkirk, rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX now. Yeah, that's that's about the just the right level of enthusiasm, which is you know on the lower end of it, which is good. But it still it still has a punch to it. It's not like you're bored. It's not like the number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving. Still you know, top critics raving. You still have that, so it's it's working. Um, was one little note. Oh, uh, one thing I usually say to people, and you kind of uh, did this on your own, and maybe a little too much, is to separate out the title, like Dunkirk. Uh, I put it in uh, italics here to separate it out. But um, what sometimes when you're sitting at home listening to this voiceover and it says the name of the movie, it's it, it's sort of you, you don't quite hear it because it's a name you've never heard before. You know, like what's a good example? Silver Linings Playbook. You know, Rolling Stone calls Silver Linings Playbook the movie event of the year. Now, if you're at home, you have no idea what I just said. Silver Linings, you know, so. You want to make sure you don't want to overdo it, though. So you don't like. I think what you did was Rolling Stone calls Dunkirk the movie event. I think you made a little too much out of Dunkirk, but you also don't want to do the opposite, which is Rolling Stone calls Dunkirk the movie event of the year. Now I have no idea what movie you just said. So again, it's a small point. Um, so try one one thing. I like that, but see, I'm just want to experiment. Uh, uh, see if you were like. Imagine like what I was saying earlier about being closer to the mic, so you can be dramatic, but in a in this kind of a quieter voice. Just see what comes out when you do that. The number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving. It's not quite like a golf announcer who's like whispering or talking, like, but it's it's less projection than you did, just a little bit. Okay, take two. The number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving. Rolling Stone calls Dunkirk the movie event of the year. The New York Times declares it sweeping and intimate, and Time hails it as a supreme achievement. Dunkirk, rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX now. Yeah, that was good. It wasn't that different, but it was subtly different. You know, it was, it was a little uh, sort of closer to Mike, whatever you want to call that. Slightly, not breathier, but, you know, less projection. So I tend to like that. I think it's always worth trying that read on, you know, tr listening back to yourself and go, oh, that actually works like in a horror film or something else, this kind of a thing, you know, going like this kind of quieter, like a closer to the mic. Uh, I'm leaning to my phone. I don't know what that does to my voice, but uh, instead of <laughs> it does, it's effective and sticking my, uh, my fist up in front of my mouth, which doesn't really help anybody. Uh, I would gladly pay Richard $10 to work with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit more than that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's usually uh, free. Uh, but yes, the, the, so if I'm closer to the mic, now I'm leaning towards the phone, I don't know if this makes a difference. The number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving, as opposed to the number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving. So I like that closer one better, personally. It works for these things. We don't always want to do that, but I think it's worth trying and listening back to, is my point. So, okay, why don't we just leave it at that? Richard, cool. thank you. Thank you so much for, for the feedback. And thank you guys all for having me. Richard, thank you for being here. Really appreciate sure. it. Yeah. Thanks. Glad we have David Galpin, the Galpin Galpin. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
McAlpin Gourmet. Hello. There he is. Hey, David. Howdy. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Emma. You're so welcome. What you reading? Thank you, Richard. Sure. What you reading, David? I am reading Family Guy and Bob's Burgers. Okay. David Galpin. And I'm from uh, Foxborough, Ontario, between Ottawa and Toronto. Cool. Um, Today. I'm sorry. So let me give you a little direction first. Yeah. What you're doing, what you're starting to do there is, I was going to say, you can do anything from big bombastic voice that you've put on to kind of casual and flat. There's no real direction here, and they're probably going to hear lots of people doing different things without telling them in advance what it is. So, yeah, it's just like pick your favorite idea and go with it is really the direction. So go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no problem. Today is National Cheeseburger Day. And the only thing better than a burger with cheese is this grade A comedy combo. Celebrate the beefiest day of the year with the hottest and freshest comedies on television. Happy National Cheeseburger Day from Family Guy and Bob's Burgers. Coming soon from 20th Television. So that's totally legit. You know, it works. Uh, and again, it's like if they have 10 people read it and they each do three takes, uh, they're going to be, you know, inundated with different ideas. Everything from today is National Cheeseburger Day to today is National Cheeseburger Day. And, they, you know, a lot of character voices, some just straight. Today is National Cheeseburger Day. And the only thing better than a burger with, you know, so casual sort of, you know, hey, it's me, your next door neighbor. So uh, unless there is direction on it, uh, so I think anything goes. I don't really have a lot of opinions on it. I usually ask somebody to just do a different take for the second one rather than work on that same one. But one th couple of things I will say. Let's stick with that one now that I think about it because let's perfect it. Let's go with that one. Uh, the uh, one thing that's um, important, like I was saying earlier, is to really look at the script and uh, – uh, you know, picture what's going on. I didn't say this, but picture what's going on in the spot, if you can. If there's a trailer, or in this case, there's, you know, a t two TV shows, you may have seen both of them before. It's not the, it's not, they're not, you know, uh, new shows that are just coming out. So you have some sense of them. Um, but if you can picture, like, for Celebrate the Beefiest Day of the Year, I bet there's going to be some kind of beef hamburger, you know, kind of joke. Like, uh, he opens the storeroom door and tons of beef patties come crashing down on his head and bury him or something like that or a, a you know a, a bull gores him in the butt or i don't know what but beefiest you know wants to stand out a little bit and hottest is probably like you know something flames up and his chef's hat catches on fire or something so uh that doesn't mean overdo it. You don't want to go celebrate the beefiest day of the year, but also don't throw it away. Celebrate the beefiest day of the year. You know, so I would kind of go celebrate the beefiest day of the year with the hottest and freshest comedies on television. And also the other thing I uh, want to make sure you don't do again is uh, run any lines together. I think you ran uh, hottest and freshest together, but there's going to be a joke or a dialogue bite or something between each line of any script. The way it's broken up, it should be that way anyway, if, unless I typed it wrong. So always leave a break after everything, after every line. Okay. okay. Does that all make sense? Yes. Okay. So you're going to do one more kind of like the same voice. I'll leave it up to you. How's that? Okay. Today is National Cheeseburger Day. 
And the only thing better than a burger with cheese is this great A comedy combo. Celebrate the beefiest day of the year with the hottest and freshest comedies on television. Happy National Cheeseburger Day from Family Guy and Bob's Burgers. Coming soon from 20th Television. Okay, and I like the delivery, but that the the uh, stopping and starting thing, I think it should be a no-no because uh, all it does is, I mean, yeah, it gives it personality, but it also adds time, which they normally don't have. So I, I'll, something else I might mention, like if you have a line that you want to say, you know, you want to put a pause in or stretch it out or make it take longer, that's fine, but just come right back. Let's say this is take one. Uh, um, it, you would read the line and then repeat it again faster. So if you want to, uh, let's say, and freshest, if you want to go, and freshest comedies on television, I would come right back with, and freshest comedies on television. Just, you don't want to get eliminated by, oh, this guy doesn't fit, next, you know, because it's too long, because it's, it's probably pre-cut already. So I wouldn't, I don't think that that pausing thing is likely to fly, is all I'm saying, okay. as far as, you know, bring your own, you know, idea to something because of the time issue. That's all I'm trying to right. say. Okay. But yeah, otherwise I thought that sounded good. Why don't you do one more without those, without those pauses and, uh, and we'll see how that sounds. Today is National Cheeseburger Day. And the only thing better than a burger with cheese is this great A comedy combo. Celebrate the beefiest day of the year with the hottest and freshest comedies on television. Happy National Cheeseburger Day from Family Guy and Bob's Burgers. Coming soon from 20th Television. Good. Uh, watch out. You ran hottest and freshest together again. Yeah. So, what, by the way, when you've done these four takes that I talked about doing earlier, before you send it in, even if they're rushing you, they're saying, we need this back right away. Uh, take a few minutes, go away from it, come back. Take as much time as they'll allow you to. And if you have till next morning, take hours. If you only have half an hour, take 10 minutes, whatever. Come back. You'll have a little more objectivity when you listen back to them. And you might notice, oh, that take three isn't really working. I don't like the way I said blah, 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 or whatever. Or, and also sort of proofread it. Make sure you're not, you didn't say anything wrong. Uh, like even as little as, you know, it's instead of it is. Or is that the way you say, is it beloved or is it beloved? I'm not really sure. Maybe I should record both ways, you know, so, uh, or, oh, I said, you know, with the freshest and hottest comedies instead of with the hottest and freshest, you know, because your brain sometimes does that, mixes words up or leaves one out or whatever. So just make sure you're sending it in in each with the exact words that's on the script and it broke everything the way it says to. All right. Uh, why don't we stop there? Yeah, we're going to move on to Randy. David, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good. Thank Thanks, you, Richard. David. And Randy is up. Hi, Randy. Hi there. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for picking me. No problem. <laughs> okay, so the one that I have, well, I've been going eeny, meeny, miny, mo through a few. <laughs> but uh, Haywire is what I am I think I'm going to do. Okay, cool. great. Um, haywire, let me get it. Haywire, where are you? There it is. Okay. Um, just getting a drink. So, uh, this one, 
had a, a martial arts, sort of well-known female martial arts uh, personality starring in it. So it seems like it'd just be like a regular old action movie, like, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of thing or something. But on the other hand, it had uh, Steven Soderbergh directing it, uh, who, you know, usually makes sort of more thoughtful, intelligent movies, like Aaron Brockovich and uh, Ocean's 8, I mean, Ocean's mm -hmm. 11, 12, 13, 8. Uh, I don't know, a lot of, I've worked, actually worked on a lot of his movies, um, now that I think of it. But... Um, so, uh, hopefully the direction you would have gotten in the, with the script in the email would have told you, you know, flat thriller with some edge or urgency or something like that. Okay. So you kind of have the sense of it. Um, but uh, uh, if we were doing three takes, I would probably, take three would probably be the punchier, action-y one. And take one would be the slightly more intelligent one. Take two would be somewhere in the middle. So let's do with a take one, which is sort of, uh, it still wants to be, you know, it's a movie about this tough woman and she's going to go for it and, you know, it's exciting and they're going to try to kill her and she's got to turn it, find the truth before they kill her. So uh, we want to have all of that, but we don't want to overdo it. We don't want to go, she is our nation's most valuable right. weapon. <laughs> you know, we, we want to be more like, she is our nation's most valuable weapon. Again, the going close to the mic kind of read, I think would benefit on this one. Thrillers, the same kind of thing. This is action-y, but I think it's still more, it's like a Bourne identity movie, you know, Jason Bourne movie, where he's on the run from his own agency because somebody bad betrayed him or something like that. That's what's happening here. Okay, okay. enough talking, you do it. Okay, thanks. Randy Dan. She is our nation's most valuable weapon. That's why we, sorry. She is our nation's most valuable weapon. That's why they trained her. That's why they trusted her. So why did they betray her? This January, finding the truth. That'll be our most dangerous mission. Haywire. Yeah, I, by the way, you, you added an extra word, so you- I know I did, I'm sorry. my point. That's my <laughs> point. Some people just do that all, your brain just does that, and then you'll, <laughs> you'll catch it when you come back. You know, if you don't catch it right away, you'll catch it when you go away for a few minutes or three hours and yeah. listen back and go, oops, because your finger is running along the script. You go, oh, I got to cut that out. Uh, okay, I think it can be um, sort of more uh, dramatic and hushed tone kind of thing, but it would still with some urgency. So um, I'll give you my version. Uh, you know, you're not going to sound just like me, obviously, doing it, but this is just sort of to help give you a sense of it. Okay. She is our nation's most valuable weapon. That's why they trained her. That's why they trusted her. So why did they betray her? So it's like trained, they trained her. I would actually, if somebody gave me the script, I would have, the writer, I would have edited Underline. that too. They trained her, they trusted her, they betrayed her. That would be the entire script, but uh, so be it. So, but you keep that one. That's, that's why they trained her. That's why they trusted her. So why did they betray her? So that kind of a voice, okay. you know, a little more like that. Okay. Okay. Randy Dan. She is our nation's most valuable weapon. That's why they trained her. That's why they trusted her. So why did they betray her? This January, finding the truth will be her most dangerous mission. Haywire. Yeah, I thought that was much better. I don't know if you kind of like that yourself. I mean, you have to listen back to it probably to know, but 
Yes, and I think when I'm not shivering and really nervous, I uh, I sounded better. <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I uh, I I should always start with. You know, my direction. Okay, relax. Don't be nervous. No, but. <laughs> Stop shivering. Uh, one note before I forget it. Uh, what was it? Um, oh, you kind of had an upward inflection on a couple of places that I would have changed. Uh, we'll do one last one. Uh, I think it was on why and it was on truth. That was it. He went, so why did they betray her? I would keep it flat. So why did they betray her? Same with okay. the find, finding the truth. Finding the truth as opposed to finding the truth. So. Uh, okay. This is a, a, a generalization. Uh, generally, I would say put a period at the end of every line, even if it's the middle of a sentence, like finding the truth will be her finding the truth, as opposed to finding the truth will be her most finding the truth, period, will be her most dangerous mission, period. That's all. But okay. otherwise, I like that read. Let's do, so let's okay. do one more. Okay, thank you. She is our nation's most valuable weapon. That's why they trained her. That's why they trusted her. So why did they betray her? This January, finding the truth will be her most dangerous mission. Haywire. Uh, almost, but you still went finding the truth as opposed to finding the truth, period. Finding the truth, finding the truth. Yeah. Find I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Finding the truth, yeah, that's all. And then uh, uh, I think putting a little break after why, the third why, you know, so why? Not a big pause, but just instead of, so why did they betray her? I just think it sounds more dramatic right. if you go, so why did they betray her? So why did they betray her? Yeah, but I wouldn't put so much question in So why did they betray her? So why did they betray her? Yeah, exactly. Okay. There you go. Thank you. All right, great. Thank Thanks. you. Yep. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Randy. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And Juan, come on up. You're already on the stage, so just, you know, unmute yourself. There you go. <laughs> Hello, Hi. everyone. Uh, Hello. Juan Lopez, uh, based here in Miami, Florida. Definitely uh, very much an amateur here in Miami, Florida. You're also, you're, you're a little bit on the lower volume side. I'm not sure if you can figure that out. Make it louder. A little bit on the lower volume side. Oh, no. Yeah, That's it's, hard, it's harder to hear you. I think maybe just a connection or something. Oh, no. I can hear you, but it's, it's you're lower than everybody else has been. Juan, can you get in closer to your mic or to your device? How about that? Is that any better? Well, I can hear you we'll, fine. We'll but, take it. Yeah, we'll yeah. take it. Okay. Let's oh, jeez. Well, well, I'm what's, sorry what's, about that. Uh, no we'll have to look into that later and see exactly yeah. what is the issue there. Yep. Yeah. So what are you going to read? The script I chose. Uh, the script I chose is Dunkirk, as well. Okay. Actually. All right. Back to Dunkirk. It was a good movie. Uh, all right, so you already heard directions, so I'll let you just do it. Okay, okay. But I, 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 again, I would. Uh, I seem to be doing, saying this a lot today, but I, that sort of leaning in a little bit and being, uh, you know, flat with a, you know, that sort of more intimate read rather than a big projecting read, I think is going to work better, especially with this client. Okay, okay. The number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving. Rolling Stone calls Dunkirk the movie event of the year. The New York Times declares it's sweeping and intimate, and Time hails it as a supreme achievement. Dunkirk, rated PG-13. 
Experience it in IMAX now. Okay. Uh, the, the overall, the timber and everything of your voice was good, but I felt like it was too... Um, uh, what's a good word for this? I don't know what. I wanted to be kind of uh, edgier and less... Uh, it almost sounded like an educational movie. I just oh, can't come okay. up with the right word. So I wanted to be a little more like it's a th like thrilling. Like they're gonna, are they gonna live? Are the Germans gonna drop bombs and kill them all? Yeah. Are they gonna escape? And it's it's a little bit of that. And you know, I feel like you're going Rolling Stone calls Dunkirk the movie event of the year. I'm I'm you know not getting it right, but you know, and I think it should be less less inflected, more flatter inflection. Rolling Stone calls Dunkirk the movie event of the year. A little more put on theatrical, more this kind of trailer guy voice, you know. Okay. The number one movie in the world has America's top critics raving. Rolling Stone calls Dunkirk the movie event of the year. The New York Times declares it's sweeping and intimate. And Time hails it as a supreme achievement. Dunkirk, rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX now. Okay, still, still I, don't, I don't feel like that really improved what I was asking for, which was... Uh... Hmm getting rid of some of that up and down inflection okay. it's sweeping and intimate it's like keep it like flat it's sweeping, sweeping and, intimate. and intimate sweeping and intimate don't i wouldn't even go sweeping you're, like, you're putting too much emphasis in on I syllables okay. yeah so it's like you're going sweeping and intimate it's like sweeping and intimate i'm very flat i have i don't really care much about anything i'm i don't have much feeling about anything emotion i'm just got this flat sort of guy that doesn't ever get too excited the number one movie in the world has america's top critics raving try to, even if you overdo it you know if you go too far in the flat let's just try one last one let me just read the first couple of lines okay the number one movie in the world has america's top critics raving rolling stone calls dunkirk the movie event of the year the New York Times declares it's sweeping and intimate, and Time hails it as a supreme achievement. Dunkirk, rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX now. Yes, I think you that, that improved it a lot. I think you're getting there. Uh, I, there were still a couple of telltale words where you went sweeping and intimate or something. But ooh, didn't, I'm still didn't getting that one. Yeah, ooh, but, sorry about that. But, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that if once you knew what you were trying to do like that, you could, like, even on your own, you could record it and then listen back and go, oh, yeah, I, I still hit sweeping or I did this on Supreme or whatever. But mm -hmm. uh, at least you got the idea of what it should be. And I think you, you, you got it for most of it. You know, there was just a couple of places where you still went up a little too much. Okay. Well, that's very good to know. Thank you so much for that direction. I'll be mindful sure. of that in the future. Definitely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Juan. Appreciate it. Hello. Okay. We were going to try to squeeze one last person up, but they're not responding. So we are full. We're full. We're, and we've got like six minutes left anyway. So oh, there's, there's Jody. There, there she we go. is. There she is. Jody. Okay, so Jody. Jody, if you're going to unmute, we've been through this before. So it uh. might just take her a second to do this. There she is. There. There, there she is. Did I do it? You did it. Woohoo! You did it. You, you did Hi, it good. Hi. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. <laughs> Thanks yeah. so much for this. No problem. Nice to meet you. Um, I'm Jody Friesen, and I'm currently in Toronto, but I was born in Comox, BC. Oh, yeah. 
So <laughs> I remember the yeah. name Comox. I don't remember the town exactly. I don't but remember, I remember it either. Somewhere outside. Of <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am going to read Dumbo. Okay. Oh, fun. Good. So speaking anyway. of what I said earlier about oh no it's not in here never mind I thought it had the word beloved in it or beloved so uh, well on that note if if you see the word beloved in the script or beloved uh, just do it both ways because who knows which way they want it okay the most beloved movie around the most beloved movie you know same thing with uh, you're not sure how to pronounce something just do it both ways do it twice don't get eliminated because you did it the wrong way only. Uh, nobody's okay. going to mind that you said beloved and beloved or, you know, uh, whatever. I'm not sure what else, whatever else there is like that. Okay. Um, uh, when, when you've been saying uh, to do one line uh, like three times or six times, that's um, the when what you're sending in is the whole thing. Yes, you're once. sending in four takes. The first three are... The entire script from top to bottom, okay. take one, take two, take three, and with different tones, you know, take one, take two, more comedic, take three, flatter, whatever. And then take four is an ABC of each line. So then you're doing, so you've, now you've done three takes, and now your fourth take is going to give you three more lines of each, three more choices for each line. Okay. That, that's where the six comes in. You've got six total. Um but if you're in take one, let's say, and you have the word beloved and not sure, the most beloved movie of our generation, the most beloved movie of our generation, just do it twice. Uh, if you're not sure what the word is, is it J.K. Rowling or Rowling? Not sure, so do it both ways. Okay. That's all. Uh, okay, so Dumbo. Um, I remember seeing the trailer for this and after having worked on the script in a workshop or two and realizing it was really kind of sad it, but let's maybe not go there. But it's it was like not happy, fun kind of sell. No. It was kind of like, oh, isn't that sad? Um, mm. But I think we want to keep it um, kind of heartfelt. Mm -hmm. And and who are we talking to here? That's a question you want to ask yourself when you get the script. You know, uh, is it a, it's a kids movie? But you're not talking to kids because you remember the moment you fell in love with Dumbo. It's a whole new generation. So I think we're talking to parents here. Hey, parents, bring your kids to the movie you loved as a child. Now you can share with your own children. So that seems to be the message. So um, um, you don't want to sound kid-like. You know, you just want to sound heartfelt. And like it's, you know, it could be like in a, not that different from a, you know, a drama. That's not a, you know, a Dumbo movie. Um, but anyway, let's try it. Just keep, you know, sort of like, you know, Everyone remember. Everyone remembers the moment they fell in love with Dumbo. A Disney legend returns for a whole new generation. You know, it's just like slightly reverential or something. I don't know what the word is, but mm -hmm. you get the idea. Okay. Yeah. Should I slate before each? Thing? Normally, you would. You wouldn't have to. You wouldn't. But I don't have, have to do, do it now. This. Not for this. Okay. Everyone remembers the moment they fell in love with Dumbo. On March 29th, a Disney legend returns for a whole new generation. Dumbo, rated PG, March 29th. Okay, here's my notes on that. Um, okay. uh, I would go up a little in, in performance and emotion. 
Okay. You don't want to get too sappy with it, but I feel like you're being a little too casual. Okay. Almost like you're narrating it. You know, yeah. like, here's what's happening. So it's like, everyone remembers the moment they fell in love with Dumbo. Something like that. Just like, you know, oh, isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And then uh, don't run any, keep every, put a period in every line. Don't, don't uh, run anything together for sure. Okay. Like a Disney legend returns. Then there's going to be three seconds of dialogue for a whole new generation. And another thing of dialogue. Dumbo. Okay. Okay. Everyone remembers the moment they fell in love with Dumbo. On March 29th, a Disney legend returns for a whole new generation. Dumbo, rated PG, March 29th. Good. Watch out on the the title should be a little more, you know, a little bigger. Dumbo okay. as opposed to Dumbo. And then but the rest of it wants to be like that rated PG, but you also want it kind of quick. This is for everybody. You know, when you, if your whole script might just be Dumbo rated PG March 29th, that sometimes that's the entire script. So, uh, you want to be good at it. And you, what you, the tags want to be kind of flat, uh, not out of keeping with the, the tone of the script. It doesn't want to be Dumbo rated PG March 29th, you know, but it also doesn't want to be Dumbo rated PG March. So, it wants to be just sort of informational after the title. Dumbo, rated PG, March 29th, and find it kind of close together because there's not a lot of time for that stuff. So you don't want to go rated PG, March okay. 29th, rated PG, March 29th, just kind of like that. It's good for everybody to practice. Um, all right, so let's just do one more quickly and uh, just give it, you know, give it even more love. Everyone remembers the moment. Oh, you're never going to forget this. It's so wonderful. Okay. Everyone remembers the moment they fell in love with Dumbo. On March 29th, a Disney legend returns for a whole new generation. Dumbo, rated PG, March 29th. Good. I like that. That. Uh, if if this was for real, you'd want to make sure you had. Rated PG, March 29th. You know, it's okay for now, but Dumbo, rated PG, March 29th. Just you want to have at least one take that's, you know, pretty quick and stuck together. Not run together. You want to be able to cut between each line, but you don't want to go PG, March. Rated PG, period. Rated PG, March 29th. Like that. Anyway, that's not the important thing. That, uh, let, let's just do one last thing. Pick up the everyone remembers the moment and just give it. The rest of it felt like it was, it took you a second to get into that heartfelt thing so okay or the, the first line maybe put a little more inflection on everyone or something because you're going everyone remembers the moment everyone okay. remembers the moment everyone moment you know just give it some inflected you know feeling okay everyone remembers the moment they fell in love with dumbo you know that's a little too much on the dumbo part okay they fell in love with Dumbo. You're going, okay. they fell in love with, you know, don't, don't overdo okay. it. So just okay. let's just pick up the opening two lines one more last time. Okay. Everyone remembers the moment they fell in love with Dumbo. Yeah, that's getting better. There, that's good. Okay. okay. I would just one last one. Everyone, give me a little, everyone remembers the moment. Everyone remembers the moment they fell in love with Dumbo. Yeah, that's getting there. 
Okay. We'd keep working on it if we were, had time, but we don't. So we'll stop okay. there. But yes, that's that, you're definitely getting the idea there. I think that, that really improved from the first take. Thank you so much, Richard. Oh, and certainly. Mike and Emma, this is just great. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank and you, Jessica, Jody. I know that you really want to do a third read. I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask Richard if it would be cool if you recorded that and sent it to him, because we just don't have the time right now. So if that yeah, would be Jessica, okay. That's fine. I'm, I'm actually pretty easygoing about stuff like that. He totally is. For advice and say, hey, here's a demo I just did for my promo thing. What do you think? And I'll listen and give, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good with free advice. So, yeah. Uh-huh. You already have my richardredfield at gmail.com, right? Okay. So you know how to get a hold of me. And I can confirm that because he has done that many a time for me. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it just blows my mind that you do that. So thank you very much, Richard. It's, it's something that is very unique about you in this industry. So thank very you. Very generous. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And we re- appreciate you being here with our audience and doing these reads and sharing your feedback because it's not just the people that, that read that, that glean stuff. I'm watching the chat and everybody is like, yeah, we get so much from this stuff. So. Thank Good. you so Great. much. Great. I'm glad to hear that. I forgot Thanks. there were other people listening in. Hello, everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> Lots of people. <laughs> yeah. And, been... and people will catch it on the replay, too, so it's all good. Oh, good. Yeah. Great. Well, I've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it, and uh, um, I probably will keep doing it because I just find, like, if, when I get a little feedback, somebody says it's, this is helpful, it makes me feel good. I'm not curing diseases or anything, but at least I feel like I'm helping people. You are uh, helping people. You know, so there you go. Absolutely. Very much so. Again, thank you so much for being here. The VoiceOver Roundtable is all about community. It's all about paying it forward and giving back because we've all been helped at some point in our career. And this is why Mike and I do this every week. And we're so grateful for all of the guests that agree to come on board and do this. Everything that we do is on a voluntary basis. No one is being paid. No one is getting any kickback from any of this. This is all on a volunteer basis. So I'm so very grateful to everyone who puts the time and effort into making these shows what they are, which are pretty freaking epic. And next week, if I do say so myself, Next week, we have the one, the only, the fabulous Celia Siegel of Celia Siegel Management. She is my fantastic manager. She is just... Chop, chop, lollipop. An amazing, amazing human. I cannot wait to have her on board. She's so excited to be here, too, So, which is really fun, which will be really, really cool. Yeah, I just uh, I, I just met her. Uh, she came at Vio Atlanta. At Vio Atlanta. So yeah. tell her I said hello. I will. I will. I told her about you. She was like, oh, my God, he does free what? That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And for for our our listeners maybe who aren't familiar with Celia, Celia is really big with the branding stuff. Yes, Um, branding and marketing. I I think she probably has, it's, you know, we're not, you know, going to plug it anyways, because there's, you know, there are those voiceover books, and I think this is one of those ones that you got to have on your on your shelf for, for your VO stuff is, is Celia's book. So if, go look it up, Google it. I'm not going to say any more, more than that, but we got Celia coming next week. Uh, so we'll talk branding, we'll talk marketing, we'll talk... Well, if you want to see an example of branding and marketing, look at my website and my new brand, because <laughs> she did mine. <laughs> so, there's that. Um, yes. Yeah. So um, that's it. Thanks again, Richard, for for being with us tonight. And uh, we invite everyone, join us every Tuesday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, here on Clubhouse for the VoiceOver Roundtable. This is Mike and Emma saying, hear you then. <laughs>